Previously on Shadowband Syndicate, Sean, Juan, and Joel were joined by the ever-funny Rodney Smith, also called Lord Petty, on a mind-bender of an episode where the crew took shots at blowing Rodney's mind to the point of no return. The alchemical homunculus versus the Nephilim was a brain-bender for the Lord of Petty. But seemingly and even more of a hot topic was the brief mention of Flat Earth, which took all of five minutes of the almost two-hour presentation the crew did, which tales spinned off into ten-page comments being written and twenty-page emails being sent that had the crew thinking, how do people have the time to do this? The episode had Rodney and the crew on the edge of their seats like, who would win in a battle between a homunculus or a Nephilim? Could a Nephilim also be a homunculus? Will the crew say the words, flat earth, and trigger listeners to type 200,000 character comments the crew will never read? To the last question, I can most assuredly say yes as a matter of fact at this very moment. I can hear flat earthers beating their keyboards with comments like a West Virginia wife in the 1940s. But the crew now turns their critical minds to more important matters at hand. Find out what these are and more on this episode of Shadowband Syndicate. Welcome back to another episode of the Shadow Band Syndicate. We had a lot of <laughs> we had a lot of cheeks tight this last episode. <laughs> yeah, for the for the pieces of shit they were talking online, bro. A lot of cheeks tight, but guess what? Hey, you know we have a lot of experts, and good good thing that the people who listen to this show. And everyone else on the internet is an expert except for us. So they always have an answer for everything. And one of the things that really blew me away, that just blew my mind, I was like, what in the world? And what's that one mean? What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when, when they were like, listen, you got to keep the cheeks tight in order to keep the entities out there goes sean look at that sean's already bouncing out of the stream and everything i didn't bounce anywhere did man. you see that joel he bounced out right yeah bro yeah, you that, bounced out dude it looks like there's an entity behind him too it's probably that one he's been worried and about. it's because <laughs> the cheeks aren't tight enough sean so instead of us telling people to loosen up their cheeks we should be telling them to to tighten them up so it can be vacuum tight for those entities not to be able to get in there because it's all about those Aleister entities. Crowley'd. You'll get Aleister Crowley. I'm going to, I'm going to, bro, you think I'm kidding. I'm going to bring some <laughs> stuff up later on. That's got to do with that. But yeah, I was blown away with that piece of information. I was like, that's super esoteric occult. That dude knows what he's talking about. All right. So shout out to that. Yeah. They, them, he, she, whatever. 
whatever you prefer. Shout out to you, person, because I never thought about it like that, bro. I think I was more blown away with the fact that almost a two-hour presentation, we mentioned Flat Earth, and all people got from it in the comments was Flat Earth. That was it. It was like we did a whole presentation on Flat Earth, and by the looks of the comments, if somebody just went to the comments and read the comments, they would think the episode was about Flat Earth. It's shocking to me how people can hear one thing and literally negate an hour and 50 minutes of of another subject where we were talking about homunculus and nephilim um and, and that's why we always say that the fe community is a cult it's not because that there's not validity to some stuff coming out of it it's just because of the absolute vitriol and anger they get no 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 I no, mean, no joel they they are calm and collected people because that <laughs> other comment said that okay they don't they don't bash anybody all right so I'm hey, just, there was a podcaster recently said he would punch someone in the face. Listen, it if, was if they denied it could have been deep fake for all I know. <laughs> I'm just dude, I'm just okay. The the commenters always have the right of way and they're the ones that know the best. So, you know, I actually I think this should be our last episode. My whole ep- last episode of my podcasting career because everyone's already got this figured out. So. My thing is just like if you're gonna leave a YouTube comment, might as well leave a tip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, sign up for a Patreon or something, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hook us up, man. If you're gonna just like write a whole novel, like you're like, hey, man, here's a little story to tell. I'm like, I'm not reading. How that, do you man. have the time to do that? Sometimes <laughs> I'll get emails. We'll get emails, Bro. and they'll be full on books that they typed. And I'm like, how do you have the? First off, I'm not reading it, guys. <laughs> I'm not reading a comment that's over 100 characters, much less a book that you just sent to me in an email trying to convince me of something that I am not convinced of. And don't think for a minute that the three of us haven't looked into Flat Earth. Like, that's, of course, we're in this whatever you want to call it, the sphere of trutherisms or whatever. We've all looked into it. It's a stationary Um, plane, Joel. Hmm. Okay, sorry. I, I I get it wrong, guys. I'm sure I'll get lit up in the comments for that. Um, but I I feel like that there's no room for error when you're an FEer. There's no room for error ever. You're always right, and if someone questions anything about it, then they are the devil. Mm-hmm. They have they, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in anything else. Alchemy Listen, doesn't work. <laughs> Alchemy doesn't work. Well, they, a lot of them do believe in God too, though. There's a lot of like uh, uh, heavy like. F-E. No, no. The thing is, you don't believe in God. Oh, if you oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I get you. All right, so it's only been. In God. It's only been five <laughs> minutes, but they're gonna focus on the first five minutes of this. This it's episode. It's all good, so. man. We love you guys. I mean, if if you're gonna be a hey, at least they're not. seeking the truth. That's the one thing I like about them. I yeah. mean, listen, they know that something's not right, but I think it's it's very. It reminds me of politics, how if you pick one side, if you say something bad about one side, you're immediately the other side. Instead of it being like, no, I just don't believe in either side. I think they're both infiltrated. Mm. It can kind of be the same way when you're looking at the, the plane of existence that we're on. Just because I don't, you know, totally buy into this 
flat plane doesn't mean that I'm buying into the other side and like I believe in NASA. Like, it, it means it, you're it a homosexual lizard way. person, Joel. If you if you don't believe in flat Earth, so <laughs> that's funny. But it, it's all good, man. I think I think that uh, people get too stuck on this stuff. Like you said, like it's like that woke ideology. It's like the Q crowd. It's like yeah, just um, deroot yourself, man. It's cool, man. It's all right. You can believe that. I'm not telling you not to believe. That. I'm not even proving you wrong because I really don't know, but. Even when you say 50%, sometimes they get mad. I'll be like, yeah, I'll give you 50%. And they're like, oh. I'm like, what, man? Like, I don't know. I've never been to Antarctica. Space. Yes. I don't know. Like, if it, the rockets are really launching, just just chill, bro. Just chill. I think that most of the guys that promote a flat plane that generally have flat earth as their first name, uh, they do that little thing. They go, <laughs> <laughs> It's that it's that arrogant yeah. like it's that it's that arrogant I've studied more than you. What are you talking about? You're beneath me. Look, when it's like, no, I just look at everything from a full spectrum. I'm not getting pigeonholed into one thing because there's Pigeons stuff are that, that too. <laughs> there's stuff in that that you can't prove. You you say you can't. You could say you read a million books. But you can't prove it. Just like I can't prove a lot of stuff that I talk mm. about. I've done a lot of research. Yep. I can say, hey, this is what I think because of this research I've done. But you can't prove it. It's like you can't prove God. I can tell you this is why I believe that there's a God. And these are the things that have happened in my life that I believe there's a God. But I can't tangibly show you that. Just like you can't tangibly show me a flat plane. You can't. Don't try. A lot of people don't know this, but... I was born and raised Pentecostal Christian, so I felt the Holy really? Spirit. Yeah, wow. I don't know if you guys. I mean, not a lot of people know that. No, I don't I really, really heard about that. that. I don't really drop that a lot on shows, but I felt the Holy Spirit. I know what it feels like to have the presence of whatever it is. It could be. I mean, it could be a reptilian, a lizard person. For all I know, I don't. You know, what I'm saying, but you feel it in the air. It's like something you could you could cut with a knife, right? So. <laughs> Listen, sp- speaking of emails, speaking of interdimensional lizard people, speaking of hybrids, speaking of chimeras, that's what we're going to get into. And I have a email that was sent to a close associate of the show that they gave me permission to. I'm going to redact some, some of the stuff to protect the person's identity. But the subject goes human guinea pigs and targeted individuals. Okay. And it's kind of it has to kind of do what we're going to be talking about today about nanotechnology and all this stuff. But let's see here. I'm going to try and and (laughs) dance around this thing. Nanotechnology implanted into humans and animals does not exist. If it was not Dr. Redacted that put the robotic arm. Hold on. I don't even know I can say (laughs) (laughs) hold on so apparently all right there's pictures of x-rays and this person is claiming that they got a robotic arm from nasa put in their lower left abdominal quadrant okay and they got pictures and everything okay (laughs) and they're talking about a transmitter slash transformer gps that is in their body then I did all by myself and simply forgot the garbage that is in my solar plex that acts as a as my control. And then it says the R word and control center was done by me and I simply forget and all other 
anomalies that inside my body was put in by my own two hands without consent. I even made my own social security number. And then they list it. <laughs> Check me out. And then they give their location. I am the most gifted. How else would I be able to do this? So this person, look at the ghost, Sean, dropping out. This you guys pers- dropped out for me. This person has a robotic arm that's been implanted in their body, apparently, and they have x-rays and, and they have, what is the sonar? What was not the sonar? Freaking ultra, is it ultrasound where they do the, yeah, the baby? sound for like, yeah. And they have pictures of this thing, and I don't know how legit it is. It's got their name and everything on top of it, and their date of birth and everything. So I don't know. And I mean, we're going to be talking about nanotechnology today and some human robots with human tissue and all that stuff. So, yeah, I just figured that this was kind of relevant to the episode, and I'll show you guys off air what it is. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting that there's people out there. And, and you've heard that a lot, even in the UFO community, people who are that they've been abducted and they have imp- like weird implants in their body and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to be talking about chimeras, GMO animals, bio hybrid animals, whatever, whatever comes up. So yeah. You, you want to start off uh, Sean or, or Joel? Well, yeah. The Crimea, the Crimea is uh, uh, to me, the interesting part too, is like how it comes from like Greek myths, right? Like the whole, lion goat i think serpent maybe or the the three-headed like beast and then it's like humans where you say uh shout out to one uh (laughs) that that art imitate (laughs) imitates life right so that's kind of that they had the hey these are stories these are myths people spreading around and then now people are actually trying to mix animals and there's a lot of evidence that they've been doing this for a long time it's not like a new thing and not just mixing by animals uh, procreating with each other, like getting a tiger to be with a lion, actually getting multiple DNA splices and cooking them up together and then creating an animal. Yeah, you were just talking about um, in mythology, and you were just showing pictures right there, uh, one of the actual chimera that Homer wrote about in the Iliad Mm -hmm. um, in 800 B.C., and that's a strange one because it's a female and it has the body of a lioness tail that ends with the head of a snake with a goat head growing from the center of her spine. The creature is actually the offspring of two gods. Uh, Typhon and Echidna were the uh, were the the parents of this chimera, which was actually called Chimera. Um, Typhon. Um, was the offspring of the whoring Gaia, which everybody knows as Mother Earth. That's slut. Sorry. And Tartarus, (laughs) yeah, because she had a lot of male uh, males that were in her life, and she spawned a lot of children. And Tartarus, which we've actually done an episode on Tartary, and that's where we think that Tartary is, is underground. Tartarus, which is also in the Book of Enoch, which the angel Uriel jailed 200 fallen angels that had sex with women which to me was kind of the first chimera that were created when they created the nephilim which i think that these chimera uh like the chimera um you've got the basilisk uh which was so poisonous that would actually kill vegetation near it 
Um, had 14 legs, um, hawk features. He had centaurs, which we know what centaurs are. They're like the humans. Um, Have you seen that meme, bro? It's like, where would a centaur's dick be? Would it be in the front like regular? Or would it be at the back like a horse? (laughs) It'd be in the back. I've actually seen them talk about that before. So, yeah, you're going to have to have this, like, upper portion that's just, like, the human part. But the back part, it would be. You know there's a Reddit form for that, bro. Well, which made me think, too, when I was out in Utah, uh, that guy, Johnny, that you guys saw in the documentary film, he talked to us about this fawn. It was a half man, half uh, deer, but it had the antlers and it roamed that area out there. They would run up on people all the time. They could hear the hoofs going. So just another version of a chimera, uh, just because uh, it's not government created doesn't mean it's not a chimera. And I think that fallen angels uh, throughout history have had uh, a a um, deep-rooted part in changing creation. And I'll get into that a little bit later on what I think is going on with governments and Nephilim-human hybrids because I think that's the next-gen version of what they're trying to do, plus all these animal versions as well. And the Bible and some of the extracurricular texts like the Book of Jasher and some of those books, Enoch, talk about the hybridization and the DNA manipulation. And I'll break up some Hebrew words for you guys today, too, that actually talk about uh, the DNA splicing too so it's all it's all through ancient text they were doing it before and i think all three of us are pretty much on the same page that we think there was a lot of crazy technology in the past so i think that we're just kind of or different different like i think like i always think of like it's not necessarily like phones and and airplanes and and the way that we understand how a combustible engine works it's like this totally different foreign to us technology it's just figuring out ways of getting things done and i think that's what alchemy is you know a lot of that has to do with that the other interesting thing to me was that the word crimea comes from this greek word i don't know how to pronounce it i'm not gonna even try but it means she goat which was kind of interesting with the whole baphomet you know like where the baphomet worship and i wonder if that plays a part in the whole mythology of it as well yeah baphomet is a a chimera right the the what they call it. this i think it's, this could begin this completely on the sabbatical goat maybe i think it's what they call it or the goat of mendes i mean let me double check here because i don't yeah, want to go to mendes right sabbatical goat yeah baphomet sabbatical yeah sabbatic goat the goat of mendes so the sabbatic goat was drawn by eliphas levi and shout out to wiki for that because you know they're the ogs but sabbatic goat shout out to you for shouting out wiki yeah dude and shout out to you for shouting me out about shouting out uh, the (laughs) the wiki article here so i i posted a meme the other day that not a lot of people got they didn't get it because only the ogs would would understand and of course got to do with anime it's my favorite anime of nina tucker and how in this anime spoiler alert her dad transmute her transmutes her with her dog into a chimera and the whole th- again depending on which version you, you watch right her mother had gone missing right she had left the family but it turned out that he had created a chimera that could speak the human language before and it was the the kid's mom right and the interesting part about this is that again depending on which version you watch of the show she asks why does it hurt in here 
And it's interesting because you brought up the the shout out to Merkel for the Shape of Shadows. And the episode he did with Homeboy, was it was his name Bo? Yeah, Bo Standing Rock. The episode he did with Bo when he saw those creatures that were half man, half human, whatever they whatever they were, half animal, half supposed human. Supposed to be like rakes is what they were supposed to be like. Something they similar. they were yelling at them to end their life. They were telling yes. them like kill us, like you know, like almost like they were suffering, and it made me boom automatically think of this episode where it goes, why does it hurt in here? And it's like you know, it's dark, et cetera, et cetera. So almost like a very depressing existence. But Sean brought up the idea of life imitates art, or art imitates life, whichever. I think they both are are right. But this dude, <laughs> the man that dresses up in realistic dog costume gets taken out for a walk. So there's this Japanese guy <laughs> that spent close to $16,000 on a realistic border collie outfit. And I automatically, boom, thought about the dog from Full Metal Alchemist and then lit- quite literally being morphed into the Chimera. And again, it depends on which version you watch, but various things happen. And it's very dark because the dude would quite, he quite literally sacrificed his family in order for, for alchemy, which is super dark, right? And I mean, that, that I think that a lot of these shows, especially this Japanese anime is like super occult. They'll put in stuff. They're revealing crazy stuff in these shows because again, they are it's almost like a revelation of method but they're taking these concepts from real things they're yeah. taking these the and there's something about fusing fiction with reality that has a more potent effect so it goes back to that whole cinemagician right again almost like a chimera you take the real and the unreal and you fuse it together and you get like a really potent alchemical recipe if you will right and i and i, I when as soon as i saw this boom i automatically thought of that dude that it's that's kind of like being a furry but not really because this dude's like an actual border collie which is really weird but again hey in the videos you watch the videos where they're walking them around no i didn't watch the videos but hey it's pretty crazy man (laughs) homeboy's not hurting anybody right like homeboy's not doing anything to bother anybody if he wants to get walked around like a dog hey so be it like do, do your thing you know what i'm saying it's like when they cross that line but I automatically thought of that where people actually want to become these beings. And it's interesting because back then, I don't know if they were being symbolic because there's that aspect of it, right? We're dealing with symbolism or could could have, could have we have been dealing with something literal because a lot of different religions, a lot of different civilizations depict the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like griffins and gorgons and harpies You know, there's a lot of different cultures that talk about this stuff. Um, A lot of these different, the Hydra, which is another one that goes throughout history too. Um, The unicorn, which is actually in the Bible. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but the unicorn was actually talked about. I've been um, known that. You've been known that. Okay, well, I just need to go ahead. And Pegasus too as well, right? It wasn't Pegasus the one that defeated the original Crimea, like, uh, Crimea, Crimea, isn't that too? And then Crimea is that like the country, uh, the the uh, province in Ukraine that he rushed. Joe, I'm gonna need a shout out for that too, by the way. So just whenever you get a chance. <laughs> yeah, did you know where it was at though? Because it was Psalm 92:10. 
No, I didn't know where it was at, but I've been known, bro. I've been known about that. The Hebrew word was rim, and that word is pretty much undefinable outside of the fact that it has to do with a horned creature. So that's the only thing that they could translate it to was unicorn. That made sense when they were trying to translate into the Latin um, rim. So it it could have been something different than unicorn, very much so. Kind of how we were talking about that word puck on the show uh, where it was undefinable, <laughs> but it does have meaning to it. It's not like a, it's not, like you, it, it's undefinable into an exact replicated word in another language. However, it does have a lot of different meanings when you look up the word. So in, when you're looking at Riem, it does have to do with a horned creature. And th- what's really weird to me though, when they're translating to Latin, they knew of unicorns. So were there unicorns around that time for them to be able to say, well, that's what they're talking about. Well, that makes more sense to me that, yes, it was during that time, which isn't that long ago, if you think about it. Thinking about the unicorn and robot chick, I was like, rub my horn, yeah, rub my horn, and then it would... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the, the idea of genetically modified animals. Now... I know we're talking about a little bit of the, I'm going to bring up some of the alchemical aspect of it later. And, but I know we're talking about the occultic aspect of it, but this is an actual thing. There, there is actually genetically modified animals that have been genetically modified for a variety of purposes, including producing drugs, enhancing yield, increasing resistance to disease, etc. I don't know if you guys have seen Super Size Me 2, I think it is where the dude gets into the chicken sandwich selling business and they reveal what's really going on in that industry. And these chickens, they're pumping them. So they've genetically modified them to where they grow to full size in a matter of weeks, like way faster than a traditional chicken. Now with that growth, also, everything else is growing at, an, at, a, at a faster rate. So their heart, their lungs, everything is growing at a faster rate. And these chickens are quite literally having heart attacks. Their hearts are exploding because a lot of them will just just fall over. And when they do the autopsies, they're like, hey, listen, like this, both these chickens had heart attacks. When they're gathering them around to pick them up, to take them to get, to get processed, they're dropping dead because they're having heart attacks. Like these chickens are modified specifically for the chicken breast on it. So we consume that, right? Anyone who's consuming meat and the... Consuming meat from like a grocery store. Well, it depends. you get it from a farmer and you know like the farmer, you see the chickens and you see the cows, like it's a lot different. But yes, you're correct. Most of these, and this has been for a while, like even the cows, like they they genetically modify them so that they produce more yield, basically, like more food. But... Not only that, you got to take it back to even 15th century, you know, early AD, all that, because I think just like now how we're trying to find super soldiers, it was kind of a similar thing. Like they were trying to crossbreed things and mm-hmm. figure that out. I mean, whether alchemy was involved or not, even if you take that out of play, they were still trying to breed things to have a strategical advantage over other countries. And that's why we get, I think, some of these wild beasts, because I'm sure that they just brutally wise probably like trap the wolf with another animal and try to make them mate you know what i mean 
even if you take the alchemical stuff off the table, plus the way they get a lot of this stuff through now is similar to what they do with the cloning. Is like when they were in 2002, like me and Joel had talked a few episodes back on Kill the Mockingbirds, that to kind of like push the whole cloning issue, they were like, you know, there's people that can't have babies, so we really want to help those people. And I see a similar thing with a lot of these animals and stuff where they're starting to be like, well, maybe if we could learn this, we could regrow organs and we could help people with hearts. And, you know, they've tried to transplant different animal parts into humans, vice versa. And I think that the way they get through the red tape and a lot of these issues is by making it seem like something that's going to help further the human race. Yeah. And according to this, humans have domesticated animals since around 12,000 BCE. And because again, it's not just genetically modifying them when you're selectively breeding or artificially selecting and picking which animals are going to be with. That's a part of that's you're modifying the gene there by doing that. And I mean, that gets into a whole rabbit hole of things that have happened in history, right? Of the chosen people you're talking about the, the super soldiers where you have Superman, the Ubermensch, right? The, the top the the chosen race without saying the, the word because it'll get flagged on youtube because <laughs> i'll trust me ask me how i know but the the idea of there being super i remember recently there was reports in the ukraine of super soldiers that they were shooting at them they wouldn't go down and it makes me think of like reports at skinwalker ranch with these werewolves these bulletproof werewolves or skinwalkers or whatever they are. And it's like, it makes me think how much of that could also potentially be some sort of government testing of biological beings, right? That are created in a lab somewhere nearby and they're just here roaming it. But again, my whole thing with that is like, we don't see stuff that happens at Skinwalker Ranch really happen that much in other places, right? Like Skinwalker Ranch is like a special place that's known just for that. I know there's other places, but... Skinwalker Ranch is infamous for being Skinwalker Ranch, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure it does. And just to jump on what Sean was talking about, I completely agree. And there's so much evidence out there, Sean, that shows that how that they push the agenda of being able to create in the lab things that you wouldn't normally be able to do is by saying that they're going to help you. I mean, in 2006, uh, National Institutes of Health, they developed guidelines for the use of human subjects in which could, what they said, the next frontier in medical technology of genetic enhancement and their whole purpose in doing it was to enhance normal individuals, to make them smarter, stronger, or better looking, which we already know that celebrities are doing right now sean would totally do that bro 100 percent. Oh, already doing it <laughs> <laughs> but even not all to like it's not on this massive scale but there's even a lot of plans and we've posted about it before too like where they want to have like all these incubators and that's the new way and i think they're slowly pushing that i think that's going to be how they go hey man you don't want to be pregnant they always tell you like hey it's I'm just, you don't want to do that like the same can be said for why um 18 years old uh, like why college everybody goes hey oh how come we have to pay all this college stuff why do you have to pay that because at one point the government was like you don't want to have to work the summer so you have to pay for college we'll give you the loan that's back in the 60s 70s they got the loans the schools were like oh well we're just gonna up the price 
that's the same cycle that continues to happen in any aspect. It's not just on the low level politics. Same things happening in this science, quote unquote, that people are doing. And I think that when you're talking about like the human studies there, they even try to have a patent in 19. The actual patent was December 18th, 1997 with Dr. Stuart Newman. And we were talking before we got on air, how you were saying that supposedly the patent was rejected, at least on the U the U S front, but they were, you know, doing some of these experiments overseas in different areas. And I don't think that stuff stops because just cause the patent doesn't, we don't know what happens and the government goes, Ooh, we're already doing that. And when you think of any cryptid, any cryptid is easily one of these Crimeas or whatever. That man, I'm gonna keep messing that up now, man. See, Chimeras, bro. Get with the program. Chimeras. I'm gonna jump off this podcast right now, Sean. <laughs> you say it wrong again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop off. I'm not gonna say anything. Crimea is a see. country, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Uh, That's just the geopolitical coming out of shit. I'm, I'm sure is. the comments will correct you, bro. So shout out to them because <laughs> don't, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry, bro. They're gonna. They're They'll gonna... make sure you know that Crimea is the flattest <laughs> part on the flat plane. <laughs> but this stuff doesn't stop. Just like when George Bush Bush Senior said, "Hey, we're not doing Operation Mockingbird anymore." You know what I mean? You're like, oh, "All right, cool." They just put it out in the public sphere. I feel. And then we go into the back doors. And even if literally. the government is not in on it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. Keep even them if tight, they're not baby. in on it, you know these people are still doing these experiments on their own. It's it's already been proven, a lot of documentation. Mm -hmm. There is like all kinds of different videos. Who knows what's true? But I do know that there has been stuff like a rabbit slash man grown in a dish. It didn't get as far. They like put the species together, like the different the embryos. I think they put the two embryos together and then like Mix a little, splice it up together, but it didn't grow out of the dish. Like they had it in the dish, they had. Sure, Sean. That's what they said. A human chimpanzee I, I wanna, hybrid. I want to be clear. The human pig. The human. Yeah, pig I was gonna say pigs with half human blood. You got uh, goats and cows that lactate human milk. Nice. You, <laughs> you got pigs and sheep with human organs. You got the mouse with the ear. You know how the ear on the back? They try to grow a human ear on a mouse. The mouse Goat with human with liver. Silk. Yep. So there's this all these experiments that are going through. These are the ones we know about. So mm -hmm. if we know about these, you know, there's plenty of experiments that have happened mm -hmm. that we have no idea about. And it's the same like you always talk about alchemy and the homunculus. What's really different? And to go back to the word, uh, uh, what it really means, not it doesn't just mean she goat. The other meaning is one year old animal. And then that just made me for some reason that popped in like a homunculus, right? Like I didn't say it. You said parts. it, Sean. Oh, he popped out right there. I think it's like everything that we post up, like to make it, you have to have different animal parts, right? So you're actually taking DNA from another species and you're mixing it together. So it makes sense that it connects together. And shout out, Sean. Yeah, sh shout out, Sean. You, you got to shout me out for, for talk because I'm the home oncologist. You have to shout me out. So shout me oh, out and then I'll shout, shout you. Shout out for that, man. Yeah, and then shout out to you for shouting me out. Thanks, bro. So <laughs> the I and I want to be clear. We love the government on this on this podcast. I love Joe love Biden. Them. I love I, I love all, NASA. all three Papa letter Joe, agencies. You know they're great. I love being governed. So just just think, you know just putting that in there. But the so you you you're touching on these animal human hybrids and how it's sometimes they they paint it as a for. 
for national security, right? It's for the betterment of the country, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in the early 20th century, you have Ilya Ivan. His name is Ivanov, right? So it's Ilya Ivanovich Ivanov, and he was Russian. And he was a Soviet biologist who specialized in the field of artificial insemination and interspecific hybridization of animals. And he is famous for his controversial attempts to create the human-ape hybrid, the humanzy, by inseminating three female chimpanzees with human sperm. But it didn't stop there, because while he was trying to do that, they had, posi- they had put him in Africa, and he actually artificially inseminated uh, I, for, I forgot how many women it was but african women while he was there against their consent okay so this dude was going above and beyond to try and actually create an uh, a, a, a human ape hybrid okay and the reason that they want to do is again for this super soldier program that stalin wanted to use and all these other guys because they're always trying to step it up further and further right because again it's, it's for national security they they wanted a super soldier and then you have all the i love world war ii history so you have all these stories of what they were doing for these soldiers to 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 continue to to last longer higher pain tolerance than what the nazis were doing to right you have the the videos of hitler's hand like shaking out of control like he's tweaking they were all tweaking they were all tweaking because they were high as fuck on drugs right but it was because they were searching for that how to break the barriers and then i mean the nazis are known for just that for wanting to push the barriers of human anatomy by doing sick messed up things in order to achieve that right again again they thought they were doing the right thing at that time. They thought it was for it was for national security and all that stuff. Now, in hindsight, right? Hindsight's 2020. But this guy, uh, Ilya Ivanov, this was before that. He, uh, around the start of the 20th century, Ilya Ivanov perfected artificial insemination and its practical usage for horse breeding. So because of this guy, we have this technology, okay? He proved that this technology allows one stallion to fertilize up to 500 mares. So naturally, it would only be 20 to 30. But with his technology, it was 500 that they were able to inseminate because of of his technology that he was putting forth. So this dude was obsessed with wanting to create this humanity. And it's funny because when (laughs) when I was researching this, I had the like the page open on my laptop and my wife comes up from behind me. She's like, mm-hmm. what, are you lo- what are you looking up at? I'm like, listen, it's 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 for, it's for the podcast with the guys, you know, and it's like sometimes. Oh, one t- <laughs> one time <laughs> I was talking about crop circles and I had Googled hedgehogs mating and I had left the window open like on my because I have five screens. It was open on one of my screens. Again, she comes up behind me and she's like talking to me and then she looks up. She's like hedgehogs mating why were you looking that up i was like i promise you it was for a podcast so i gotta keep coming up with all these weird excuses <laughs> on why i got pictures of dog dicks on one screen and you know all this other stuff i tell it's for research purposes Hedgehog porn. yeah she, <laughs> there he goes now homer me yeah when it does it to me it does it to you guys that's crazy that's weird so uh, real yeah. quick the humanzy is a hypothetical hybrid well, let me ask you this though before you jump into that, because what I've read about him trying to create these humanzies, at least the early part of it, 
he was literally mating people with chimps. It wasn't just the artificial insemination part, but I know that he was doing it for real. Like he was taking women and men and he was putting them in with chimps and they were actually physically mating. I didn't, I didn't come across that. I mean, you know, shout out to you for knowing more about this than me, right? You probably already knew about this, but listen, dude, listen, Joel. hundred years ago, I knew this. Yeah. Well, in these grimoires, there's talks of that, of actually having relations with animals, like directly, not artificial, no, like having relations with that. So I'm not saying it's alchemy, but it, if it quacks like a duck and looks like a duck, it's Sean, right? So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that they were doing sick stuff like that. And then yeah. they, you know, in the research journals, oh, they were artificially inseminating it with a, with a syringe and all that. Like, again, I mean, I'm, if you think in modern history, what's his name? Uh, the philosopher, like, uh, not philosopher, his Edward Bernays' uncle. Mm-hmm. I can't think of it right now. Uh, Sigmund Freud, right? Like, think about him. He was like, man, every man fantasizes about their mother. And you're like, bro, that's you, bro. Like, that's just literally you. <laughs> like, and you're trying to tell <laughs> Like, no, man. Like, you know, when you're like, with the boys, like, man, I just want to give it to my mom sometimes. You're yeah, like, you're like and they just look at you like, <laughs> like wait, just, and he, so a lot of me? these like people that do research, they base it off of something crazy and they do crazy stuff, man. Like their experimentation, they're full in, they're rooted it in the name of science, Sean. It's for, it's for yeah. science. All right. It's for, it's for the, the advancement of humankind that we have to do these things. And speaking of chimeras, Make sure to check out the homunculus owners, man, where we have a chimera on the on mm. the cover right there. Cover. Yeah, right there. So homunculus owners, man, you make sure to get your copy. TJLJP.com. And it'll show you how to make some chimeras. So yeah, dude, I don't doubt that these dudes were doing that. And I'm gonna read some stuff later about what these alchemists were saying about hybrid animals and some experiments that they were doing back then to create these artificial animals for their own uses so the the humanzy hypothetical hybrid of chimpanzee and human thus a form of a human animal hybrid and then serious attempts to create such a hybrid were made by the soviet biologist Ilya ivanov in the 1920s and possibly by researchers in china in the 1960s so Though neither succeeded. And the reason they say that they don't succeed is because the sperm doesn't break through. It doesn't attach to the egg how it's supposed to or something. Or other. And again, I when I looked that up, that part up, I I don't understand a lot of the words because I'm not a freaking, you know, in that field. But they explain it to you a little bit that, you know, the thing won't attach to actually inse- to actually fertilize the egg. So but the idea that they were trying because. Again, this is what this is where the idea of just trusting your your senses or your intuition, I guess, takes you to a certain extent. So just because it looks like a flat plane, right, with your eyes, doesn't mean it might actually be a. I'm just saying, right. So these dudes back then, because the idea of eugenics, the idea uh, the idea of selective breeding, came from Pythagoras actually, and then it influenced everyone down from that. So they back then, bro, they thought that there was a little man in the sperm. It's called preformationism, where they thought that everything in life, everything in the world existed as a miniature version of itself and just grew like 
was it cha 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 cha? Was that was that the <laughs> plant? <laughs> that was a plant. But, yeah. But that's not a good example. I'm, uh, a better example is those things, those capsules that we had as kids that we would dunk in the water and it Go would in the water. It would grow oh, like really big. Dinosaur, the little dinosaur things, like uh, they were like sponge material. Where like dinosaurs are fake. Oh, Everything's fake. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, dinosaurs are fake. Well, Come the on, little guys. dinosaurs that you would put into the big dinosaurs first, like. Uh... Sorry, dude, I didn't mean to to bring that up. I know this whole episode's fake. This yeah, this whole episode. <laughs> well stop. These humanities are fake. So yeah, the, the... who is real? <laughs> <laughs> and the, so again, this idea they quite literally messed around with it and they actually tried to do it because chimpanzees and humans are closely related sharing 95% of their DNA sequence and 99% of DNA sequences. So let me bring this up more of the occultic aspect of it. Cause you brought up cryptids, Sean, and the idea of the ape, being the animal of choice for the magician because the ape is what they considered a liminal species it's not fully man it's not fully beast it exists in this intermediate world and they believed back then that apes were reincarnated people who had sinful souls okay mm. so the ape is like exists in it in this occultic aspect to them where it's like it doesn't it has a bestial nature but it's not fully man almost like a punishment from man like you said like once they uh hey you were you weren't right enough and you have to now be this primitive man type of creature you're not like you said a beast not quite an animal but you're you have some of the same instincts but you're still gonna have to live a primitive life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah here, so here we go so there are a variety of non-supernatural non explanations for monsters' birth, including astrological and seasonal, seminal, menstrual factors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here we go. So, that's no, not the one. Anyways, all right, the complete hybrid. Oh, this is embarrassing. I don't have this pulled up. <laughs> that's why you got. Oh, between Jesus, let me kill this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> But I almost got well, while it. you're looking for that, um, one thing we haven't talked about is a couple other chimeras. We got the human-human hybrid. The human-human? Yes. So this actually exists and is very rare. Uh, there is a, an American singer, Taylor Moole, and she was discovered to be carrying genetic material from her fraternal twin sister whose egg fused with hers in her mother's womb. So half of her torso has darker skin that comes from her sister's DNA, Whoa. which is really crazy. Yeah, so they call it the human-human hybrid. But I did find something really funny when I was looking into some stuff about Taylor Moule. Her father was VP in charge of production at Universal Studios, and he was a huge Hollywood mogul. He oversaw, like, Psycho, The Birds, To Kill a Mockingbird, Pillow Talk, Spartacus, like all these big films back then in the 50s and through the 70s. So she came from, you know, we always like to say these elites, these Hollywood elites. She came nepotism. from that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, nepotism. So at the end of the day, uh, we don't know even that far back. Was she something that, that was experimented on in the womb 
as a part of, hey, let's check out and see what these human-human hybrids do. We, we don't even know if what they're telling us is true about the human-human hybrids, but it said that her whole, like, half half of her torso is in completely different color that is a part of her sister. What? Which is crazy, but they call them the human-human hybrids, and it's it's not a uh, unknown thing. She's not the only person to have it, mm-hmm. but it is known throughout the world. Uh, that was an interesting one, and I also ran across the virus chimera. So they're, they're actually creating viruses, chimera viruses, mm-hmm. to fight other diseases, uh, they created one with uh, a mouse and a human viral gene that's supposed to help treat cancer, which I think is really odd because they're saying they can cure it in in, uh, in mice, but they can't cure it in humans. Yeah. And, you, know, you know, it's not it's not uh, financially beneficial to cure it in humans, is what you're trying to say. So, but I thought that I thought those two were pretty interesting. Those are like a little bit of your offshoots of chimeras that you don't hear a lot about, but the human human chimera i thought was uh really interesting i found the part here so this is in relation to the libra vacay later in the text a fifth experiment on a related theme describes a series of operations for creating various magical unnatural or hybrid creatures with the purpose of producing a final substance that will cause men to appear to be apes the ape was thought to possess greater rationality than other animals and it's disturbingly close relationship to man was often explained according to a descent pattern of divine punishment that asserted that apes had once been sinful humans albertus magnus suggested that apes situated below pygmies but above animals possessed together with pygmies a quote more lucid estimative power unquote than other animals but the similarity between apes and men led apes to be viewed as monstrous and unnatural. Their manlike appearance and ability to learn tricks was thought to be combined with an unruly and malicious bestial nature. Hildegard of Bingen claimed in the Physica that apes had no medical value because of their unstable nature. They were neither completely human nor completely animal. In the creation of monsters, however, the ambiguous and unstable nature of the ape would have would have enhanced its usefulness to the magical practitioner. So it's funny because Hildegard of Benjamin was having visions and being talked to by <laughs> otherworldly entities. So it's like, hmm, right? Interesting people to talk about it. And then Albertus Magnus, which I think we talked about him before. He's Magnus is the guy in charge of ethics at Harvard or Yale or something like that. So like the nasty it's like it's weird they put these people in power almost like if they're from their lineage or something right and speaking Mm -hmm. of people in power that would also be some sort of genetic engineering these families that keep it all in the family i know we were talking about freud and him wanting to have sex with his mom well these dudes back then were probably doing just that because they felt that they couldn't pollute their bloodline so you know when they talk about the illuminati and these 13 bloodlines etc etc well they're practicing also a form of genetically modifying their lineage or whatever it may be right their their entire bloodline i mean we see that with the Habsburgs, the Habsburgs chin where they would be super deformed a lot of them would have hemophilia right they would have a lot of different disorders because they were so inbred i mean that's not a conspiracy that's an actual thing and i have a few hybrid animals the camma which is a 
between a camel and a llama, which is really interesting. And the reason that they did that, and apparently there's this whole camel cloning documentary on Netflix that I haven't watched. Apparently cloning camels is a real big business in Dubai, I believe. Or I still I'll, haven't seen that. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I, I keep seeing it. All the King of Clones, you. I think is what they call it. Yeah. I still haven't watched it yet. I was starting to like about to get into it, but then I just kept forgetting about it. Uh, well, I already knew about it, so it's fine, dude. Like you can shout, shout out to you. Yeah, man. thanks, dude. Shout out to you for shouting me out. So <laughs> you got the- let me jump in real quick before you get into too much. So we're talking about earlier about Homer, right? Homer is the one that brought out this whole terminology and what these creatures are and all this stuff. But isn't Hermes around the same time as Homer? And Hermes is an alchemist, right? So Homer and Hermes Trismegistus, because there's another Hermes. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong one, because I think he's a Hermes is Greek god, but it's it's Hermes Trismegistus isn't. Again, they related to a whole bunch of different people, but I don't. Because what I'm trying to figure out, yeah. Because what I'm trying to figure out is like, (laughs) is is what about something that is he writing about this something that's happening for like with an alchemical process that he's just documenting. Like it's so that's fiction, just like we talk about, you know, soft disclosure and stuff like that in these books. Wouldn't it be similar? That's what I, I didn't know if they were connected or if there is any famous Greek alchemists or at all, like that would really be relevant. So in this time era, so Homer's eighth century BC in this time era, I'm not the oldest alchemist. Is Zosimos of Panopolis, and that was third century. Okay. So, but that was third century AD. Okay, not this is eighth century BC. So we're talking about like way earlier, you know, by a long shot. But I I believe that alchemy, it not it, it maybe wouldn't have been the name alchemy, but it would have been something similar, right? It's it's an art. It's a it's a science. It's magic. So I think it would still be existing in that time era, just under a different name. And then if you follow the cosmology, because again, how, how Joe was saying, Hermes, you have Thoth, Doubt, you have uh, what's the son of of Kem, Noah's son, Kem Mazarim, I think is his name was. They thought that it was him, Athothis. So like, there's a whole thing which I'm going to be breaking down soon on on a few episodes where like they relate. <laughs> Hermes Trismegistus, the the founder of alchemy, pretty much, to they tie it to the biblical patriarchs. So, like, mm. quite literally, again, it's it's the lineages that they traced. If it's true or not, who knows? But I do believe that during Homer's time, there was alchemy, just maybe not under the name alchemy, just some and maybe some not form documented on that because it's called something else. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you guys are speaking about animals and chimera animals well i ran across a really crazy one today and i don't know if it's chimera but it's odd and maybe there's something going on there with dna splicing behind the scenes i'm actually going to show it to you on the screen here uh it's pretty interesting let's see here i'm not going to pull it up what are you (laughs) i'm going to get this right here this is oh i've seen that Rare giraffe without spots. Well, actually, that's a falsity because it's one big spot. It covers the whole body. If you really want to say that it's spotless, it's actually uh, spotted. Unless you say the white stuff spots, which I don't think so. But this was weird. It's the only one of its kind that they know of that's like this. 
completely solid. Oh, and I just ran across it today, and I'm like, hey, we're about to do an episode about chimeras and DNA splicing, and I'm wondering what was done here or what was given to maybe the mother, and this happened. Well, I won't go into exactly what it is that they gave her to not get you banned, but Bro, it could it have is. happened that way. I, mm. I was going to say the same thing. An albino one, world's only known white giraffe. Because I'm like, yo, if there's one that doesn't have spots, is there an albino? Look at that. That's crazy. That is. In Kenya. Wow, wow that's wild. <laughs> and when is that <laughs> article? This is from 2020. Mm, okay. Interesting. Interesting as well. That's yeah. also kind of like, because I only asked what year because of what you're saying, Joe. I kind of agree because I was going to say that too. Uh, on some of, and not the level you were going to say about the draft, but uh, some of the stuff that we kind of go into. Well, I'll go into a little bit of it now. Like, I think the next step is like, you know, we talk about transhumanism. I think that's part of what a lot of this is. And then, you know, in I think it was 2021, they were talking about those xenobots. The xenobots were the, the replicating, like, they're, they were made out of cells and they were actually able to reproduce their, without any help. So they like, are really they're small micro like microorganisms but they actually move and function and are able to reproduce and besides just those because some of the other experiments where they've put like they have these like little robot crabs like they were talking about these like little crabs that they're going to you and when they're injected in you that they can you know fight sounds similar to like what we were talking about the red alert that everybody knows in the 2020 that they were supposed to go after cancer cells and they've tried mm. like with a, a, a human finger made from a 3d printer and they actually had like made the muscles and then they use electric shock to kind of bring it to life. So I think that this is this new age alchemy. I almost think like transhumanism is a new age alchemy because they've now have this newer technology or modern technology, whatever we want to call it, the technology of our time and they're adapting it with the technologies of the past. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And it's how they take these concepts, how I mentioned earlier about all these movies and all these things that they put into animes and all they take real concepts and they put it into these fictional places, but they also apply it in other fields. Right. So I know I'm beating a dead horse, but alchemy, all the operations that they were doing for that. That's what led to chemistry. Not necessarily that chemistry is alchemy, but because the endeavor of these alchemists searching for the philosopher's stone, the processes that they were going through, that led to modern day alchemy, which modern day alchemy is connected to quite literally everything. Right? It's connected to medicine, to all to everything else. So from again, from the woo-woo comes the real stuff that's right, because a lot of the woo-woo stuff might not be beneficial. But from that ideology, it evolved into stuff that could be beneficial for. Some. I'm not saying all medicine is bad. I know some of it, a lot of it is right, pretty corrupt, and I've seen it myself with like my dad who has MS and like the treatments and all that stuff that come with that, and the price, bro, the pricing of that, where the people who can't afford it, they don't take the medicine and they deteriorate. They and they yeah. deteriorate and they quite literally just wither away because they can't afford to buy. The treatment, which is like thirty to thirty to forty thousand dollars for a thirty day supply, 
So we're not talking about like 600, 700 bucks. We're talking about 30 to 40 grand per month for one shot per day. So a 30 day supply. And again, I've lived that because my dad literally has that. And I've seen the bills and I've seen all that stuff. Because when my dad first got it, he didn't have health insurance. So he didn't take it for like six months when he first got it because he couldn't afford it until then he got a, a health insurance plan and all that stuff. But yeah, I saw that firsthand. And like when they diagnosed him that we went to the doctor, the doctor was like, yeah, I can't even. He's like, yeah, you're, you're too. He, he told me, he's like, yeah, you're too poor to, to afford this. I'm not even going to give you this, the script because it's not a prescription. It's a treatment. But the doctor was like, yeah, you can't afford this. And my dad's like, bro, you don't know what, what I can afford and can't afford. Yeah. But then when he gave him the price, he was like, yeah, I'm going to have to think this through. <laughs> <laughs> my, my buddy's dad had MS and uh, same thing. He couldn't uh, afford the, the treatments. This was years ago, like probably like 10, 20 years ago, uh, somewhere around that range. And the worst part was he was doing like he was deteriorating a little, but he was trying to live his life. Mm. And this is where like uh, and seemed like he was doing well went back to the doctors they said hey man you got like a week to live he literally died that night what i swear to god like it was like so he had all this hope and it's like man yeah. i'm gonna beat this i'm gonna and he months of just like looking like he was trying to get better like and you're like all right man he's gonna maybe this isn't gonna affect him and i swear he went to the doctor's office they told him man you got like a week to live like after they run all the tests and told him this and that and then he died that night like later on that Damn. night like it and I that that's where I think that comes with that whole pushing you not only not getting the treatments but like planting those seeds into our brain so whatever they are hiding from us besides that the world is not round is that uh, <laughs> we have like the ability to maybe regenerate cells or or regenerate stuff or whatever we have the powers we have within us it's restricted. And they pushed with medicine, and if you don't got the medicine, then you're gonna die. And that's basically what they told him: like, if you don't get this, like, right now, you're dead already. And then the human brain goes, "Oh, we're dead," and that's yeah, it. yeah. Now, and, and this relates to, in my opinion, to the whole Nephilim idea because if we take the idea of these spirits after they were wiped out from the flood, they were super angry. And I think I've, I've mentioned this with you guys where those entities right they still exist energy cannot be created or destroyed it still exists it can only be transformed so when they got wiped out from the flood they stayed around and they were pissed right and this is where we get these demons and all that stuff that take over these people in power who then want to corrupt all these bloodlines and still wipe us out by producing this poison that they force people to then use right and i mean we all know what we're talking about you know code red and all these different things that that have been going on so i think that's linked to the whole nephilim idea where they're still trying to corrupt all these bloodlines and still trying to wipe humanity out how they were at the beginning and and it, not even even if they don't want to wipe them out they at least want to modify them maybe perhaps for them to be more accessible through and that's why you got to keep those cheeks tight because if you keep them <laughs> too loose these entities right it's gonna it, it's gonna happen like how sean he, he's he was being touched by these interdimensional entities at <laughs> night because he was sleeping with the, you know, with loose cheeks. You got to tighten those cheeks up a little bit and, and and keep these entities out. You know what I mean? No Taco Bell before bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, you just gave me like the nice little segue into a uh, nice portion. You, just, I've got. you need to give me a shout out for. for I <laughs> give Juan the shout out for opening the door for me to talk about. Shout out to you for shouting me out. Time yeah. 
shout out to the shout out to the shout out to opening the door so I can talk about human Nephilim hybrids, which I think that we're moving towards for sure. And I think they do have them already. I think this is going to be a way to blend Nephilim in with society. There may be some differences, maybe some superhuman enhancements, but I think for all intents and purposes, they'll look just like us. I don't think they're going to be like super tall or anything like that. Not the ones that they want to implement into society. Maybe they're already here. I think there's that too. Maybe, maybe that's what some of these people in certain positions of power already are maybe they are these like nephilim hybrids not just the bloodlines but the actual hybrids because they do have some enhancements that they can utilize to further their goal and i found some really cool stuff about that you were just talking about the raphaim and we know that rafa uh means you know dead in hebrew well some of the cool stuff that i ran across was uh you know there's some talk of dna and governments wanting to clone or mingle organisms and y'all may laugh when you hear this but they call them homo nephilim <laughs> so i don't I know if their cheeks are tight <laughs> but they call, i don't know if they're tight now but uh they call them homo nephilim and not a good look like, bro i'm gonna just say not that not a good look but it is yeah, what yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that shit you know, gay when i saw that when I saw that, I was like, man, I cannot wait to drop that on the show. I was like, I knew you guys would fall. That's what they're called. It's the mixture of homo sapiens. And He's homo enough and got fat cheeks too, bro, right? Oh, yeah. You got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an interesting idea that I read across about um, these Raphaim and why that they might be a, a good source of DNA source. Now, I know we've talked about how the Nephilim were, were before the flood, and a lot of people wonder how they came back after the flood. Clearly in the Bible and in extracurricular scripture and all that stuff, you know, they came back. And I think that, I think it's a myriad of things. I don't think it's one particular thing in my opinion, but this was a new one that I just ran across and I was reading this book uh, that I've been reading here. Matter of fact, I'll put it up here so people can see it. It's called Unearthing the Lost World of the Cloud Eaters by Stephen Quayle and Thomas Horn, which I read a lot of Quayle stuff anyway. He's got some really cool stuff. That's just for uh, people that like to read. But one of the things that they talked about was the fact that the Raphaim and the Nephilim of ancient text, um, you know, they're the spirits of the dead, Nephilim in the grave. But one of the other meanings of Raphaim is also to heal or to be healed as in resurrection. So in the Ras Shamra text, which is in the Ugaritic text, they're the Raphaim are described as both human and divine beings who worshipped Baal, the ruler of the underworld, which I think Baal was a fallen angel, where the Raphaim served as his acolyte assembly of lesser gods, kings, heroes, and rulers. And this is when they were on the earth. This is crazy. These beings were believed to have power to return from the dead through incarnation and bodily form as the Nephilim. They had the ability to be reincarnated in this way as living Nephilim, which would be the explanation for why the Nephilim existed before and after the flood. So I thought that was insane. Also, the fact that in the book of Job 26.5, it says dead things are formed under the waters. So, our formed is the Hebrew word chawul, 
which is the meaning is to twist or whirl as in a double helix coil or genetic manufacturing. So what Job is telling us here is that the dead things, the Raphaim, are formed under the waters as part of this DNA manipulation that they're trying to push now. If you look at the Bible, they give you warnings in Revelation and throughout Scripture about giants coming back. They consistently say that. They, they warn about the giants. And, I, and even in Isaiah 13, he talks about, Open the gates, you ruler, I give command, and bring them. Giants are coming to fulfill my wrath. So they constantly talk about warnings of giants, warnings of Nephilim for the future. I think it's going to be some sort of Nephilim hybrid as a part of that. Do I think that the Nephilim portal babies and all that could happen? Absolutely. I think you're going to see giants in that final final deal your giants will come but i think that the real the real deal is what's infiltrated in with society that's that's underneath our noses that you don't notice that you don't see and i've said it a million times i think that if you believe in scriptures or any scriptures that talk about you know the antichrist or someone that's going to unify us because sean and i were talking about this the other day on the phone about the antichrist we don't think the antichrist is going to be bad or polarizing Mm -hmm. he's going to be someone that everyone loves he's going to unite the world that's the point everybody's like oh trump's the antichrist or trudeau's the antichrist or they name off all these names none of these people are going to be the antichrist they're too polarizing they're not going to be i think that he will be a nephilim hybrid of the highest order and i think he'll look like us he'll sound like us but there will be certain traits and things that he'll be able to do like heal people or whatever else to mimic what yeshua or christ did on this earth because he's got to be the antithesis of that and i think he's going to come out of the middle east i just don't think he's coming from the united states i don't think donald trump's the antichrist i think that's absolutely ridiculous but that's my take on where i think this whole nephilim human hybrid stuff's going moving towards i think that it's talked about in scripture we it's there's so many things that we've seen and if we believe in these bloodlines we believe in what these guys and these agendas are pushing they're going to find a way to make the most powerful human possible and what better than to mix it with giant nephilim blood and then you really create super soldiers of the highest order and then just imagine they already knew how to do this, right? At, they've been doing this for thousands and thousands of years, so they keep tightening up the plan, man. Like they're like, okay, we know that if we make a bunch of giants that people are aware that, hey, this thing is dangerous to me, that we may have to find a way to defeat this, to infiltrate people to look exactly like us, to maybe have abilities, but to be basically on the surface look identical to any human. I think that's perfect, and when you – go to like even the transhumanism part with the nephilim i think the goal whether it be fallen angels government bloodlines whatever you want to call it or who you want to place the blame on i think the ultimate goal in my opinion is to turn away people from god and the they can't do that if you have free will if you're part nephilim or you're part machine your free will is probably gone because now you have altered the the creation that is in turn going to bring nothing but I don't see you being able to use free will if you are created from something else. The goal lum, right? The goal lum. So artificially creating and a a question there. I don't know if you can check your translations. I heard you say open the gates. Is that another, is that another way of saying open thy cheeks or is there any connection there? (laughs) 
<laughs> I know Enoch said that in I forgot the verse, but right, opening the opening the floodgates could that potentially be symbolic for something else? And then there's another story that I've heard about where they found the tomb of Nimrod, which allegedly Nimrod was one of these Nephilim rulers, right? Whatever he was, demigod, demidemon, whatever. And that they were able to extract the DNA from that. And that is what they're putting in all these other things that they're making people take in order to pollute the bloodline. But maybe potentially if they actually did find the tomb of Nimrod or whoever, and they are using that to potentially clone this, what'd you call it? Nephilim human, homo Nephilim. <laughs> homo Nephilim. That's what they're called. Homo Nephilim. There's some fat ass cheeks, bro. So the just cheeked, up, some cheeked up Nephilim, man. They're just like, oh, <laughs> Have you heard about that before? Where I, I, I've heard that story where they found this tomb and they extracted the DNA from that and they're trying to do stuff with that. Now, I heard it was Gilgamesh. I didn't hear or, that. Or it was Gilgamesh, Nimrod. yeah. It might have been that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say this about Nimrod because there's varying ideas about what Nimrod was. Now, from the guys that I know that just literally travel the world and just study Nephilim and giants, and that's all they do, from what I hear them say, and I tend to agree with them, Nimrod is more of like uh, what we would consider a familiar, which would be like if a if if you had a uh, vampire and they had their familiar it was a guy that really really wanted to be a nephilim but wasn't like he <laughs> like he like he, ne he never got there but yet he was in like like he, again he was a uh handsome athletic guy he was like the captain america of like humans really? right he was upper tier human level but he was not a nephilim now as far as him in, being in imbued with with some sort of power from fallen angels or or nephilim or whatever the philosopher's yes, stone maybe he rolled with them yes he did but he made it a point because he trickled down from noah's line and he just like bucked because he was like i'm creating my own thing i'm building this tower of babel which by the way i do not believe was an actual tower i think he was trying to open a portal to get into heaven the heavenly realm and he along with nephilim raphaim whatever uh fallen angels were trying to do that they, they it was up high because i do believe it was up high but i don't believe that he was actually building an actual tower to the heavens like you see in the little pictures and you standing out front like it wasn't like that i think it was a piece of technology or, or like sean likes to say a different kind of technology that they had back then i think he was trying to tap into that other realm i think that's what he's trying to do so i don't think nimrod actually was a nephilim i know a lot of people say that yeah. but i've been i've done a lot of digging on it i just think he was a familiar i think he really really wanted badly to be a nephilim but he just the comment section will know they'll correct you for sure Joe. <laughs> they'll get you yeah. is that why the word nimrod though because the word nimrod i think in like the 40s 50s and even the 60s it means a foolish person you nimrod yep interesting I, I, yeah it is actually so you know they say he was foolish for what he was trying to do now nimrod yeah, was true. a very smart man he was very smart and but he broke away from the Noah lineage because he just was infatuated with Nephilim. He loved it. He wanted the power, everything that came with it. I'm sure he had some entities he, that were talking to him. He was clapping those Nephilim that. cheeks. Let's let's cheeks? be honest. Well, I heard he had Nephilim women that he <laughs> that he liked to enjoy. I don't know how much they enjoyed it because they were so much bigger than him. But yeah. you know, 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting tale about Nimrod. I don't <laughs> think a lot of people know that. I think people just attribute Nimrod as being a Nephilim. And hell, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I'm wrong. You're but probably like, yeah, you're probably reading, wrong. Probably wrong. And I know the yeah. comments will tell me that along with like how yeah. the Earth's flat. Well, and, for that, you know. I I gotta. Shout out! <laughs> <laughs> so this is a good segue into what I want to talk about it because right you're talking about these demonic entities uh, maybe perhaps coming forth into our our dimension etc cetera, etc cetera. and part of this homunculus lore and in these grimoires you have the idea of homunculi being artificial demons right or vessels for demons to be put into them and it's funny because in the mid 13th century Willem of Alver, I always get this wrong, Alverning, I think is how, how you say it, condemned the Liebervake as a book of evil operations to produce mixed species that were against the laws of nature. He equated the generative experiments with the attempts by demonic incubi and succubi to collect nocturnal emissions and produce monsters such as giants from them. In the following century, Nicole Orismes and it's a whole long Latin name written in the 1350s, denounced experiments that use sperm, poisons, and other substances as malefic magic. Use of these abominable mixtures was technically natural, but was condemned on the ground, was condemned on the ground that it intended great harm. And they also get into here where they call here. By Williams, more interesting condemnation does not imply that demonic assistance is involved. Instead, it suggests that the practitioner himself acted like a demon by trying to create monsters out of abominable mixtures. So we have here, this analogy is understandable from the perspective of medieval demonology because the practitioner of the Liber Vacay was trying to manipulate the appearances of things, both by making semi-human or hybrid creations and and by using their body parts to make men appear to be animals, demons were thought to be able to manipulate appearances and create illusions that deceived the senses and led men astray. So we have this connection with the homunculus and the demons. Okay, The idea that, I, I believe it was St. Augustine, where he's talking about his City of God story, where the people sin. Uh, had them transformed into birds and lycanthropes and like these dogmen but then he didn't believe that the demonic entities that did that actually transformed those men into those entities it was maybe just perhaps the 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 appearance because he didn't believe that demonic entities could change the biology you know and the biological biological structure of people so you have that connection there and <laughs> it's funny in the University of Paris, 1277, they had <laughs> they had condemned the creation of human beings from putrefaction. So they condemned it as heretical at the University of Paris in 1277, quote, that if in some humor by the power of the stars such as proportion could be achieved as is found in the seed of the parents, a human being could be generated from that humor and thus a human and thus a human being could be adequately generated from putrefaction. So they condemned it as heretical, the idea of producing life from putrefaction, which is alchemical. So, <laughs> and it's like, if it's all make-believe, then why are you banning it? Why would you ban it, right? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a question for you. So no. was the homunculus 
like when the lure of homunculus is that before or after the flood? That's after, bro. Uh, okay. So what about this, right? How could uh Nephilim come back through alchemy? Maybe they already fallen angels like Joel always says they they have all this knowledge. They, well, they, you know who the long game. You do know who introduced alchemy to the world though, right, bro? No. The Nephilim. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's absolutely well then right. even but even perfect like that even fits a little bit more. They're go, "Okay, we see this is the game plan you're going to use. You're going to wipe everything out." There it goes. <laughs> we're going to we're going to pass this knowledge back down and then maybe a homunculus is creating nephilim it's alchemical yep. like hey we're really gonna make it ourselves not just by mating but actually we're gonna take this we're gonna take that we're gonna mix a couple dog dicks boom boom it's all we'll about the dog this. dicks like i was just talking about early in those ugaritic texts they were saying that the raphaim had the ability to reincarnate mm -hmm. into a bodily form so that's how they may have came back after the flood which I think there's a combination of different things going on here. I think you had some that got off in portals and got off Earth. I think maybe some of them even went in the Earth. I think you've got some that maybe could have reincarnated in a way. Maybe more homunculus-like. Maybe there was vessels created shout for, for these. <laughs> shout out to Juan for shouting me back out for shouting him Thanks, out dude. just now. Um, that was like precognition. Like you precognitively knew that I was going <laughs> to shout you out. Um, but the but these rat these spirits that Raphaim were were could even connect into this homunculus that was created too. So we don't even know that. What if these homunculus were even created as vessels for mm -hmm. these Raphaim? There's so many different options on the table when it comes to this, which is mind blowing, and, and I love it. Now we're cooking, baby. Right, Juan? We're <laughs> now cooking. We're, now we're cooking with gas. So. All right, we've talked a little bit about the actual, the the occult aspect, the metaphysical aspect, the Nephilim aspect, the homunculus, the alchemical aspect, the actual genetically genetic modification of animals. I brought up the Kama. Another one of my favorites was the Wolfen, which is a whale and a dolphin mixed together. You have the Liger, you have the Libra, you have all these different animals that are chimeras. That's an actual thing, and that's an actual term. Uh, you have the humanized mouse, which is really a really interesting one, where it's a mouse carrying functioning human genes and they in cells, and they use it to test stuff out. Again, very very weird. And you can even go online and buy these these kinds of mice, right? You can actually go on websites and buy these kinds of mice. And just remember, too, in California, there was a Chinese uh, uh, a CCP. Oh yes, with all those mice, genetically yes. modified mice. Yes. And there was a, when I made that post about the pigeons being fake, I had a lot of people mm -hmm. hit me up. I had a lot of people question their realities. And Justin from Crips of the Corn says he's got something for you when it comes to that. We got to get him on because he, he, he's got to break it down because a lot of people were hitting me up. I eat pigeon. I go, listen, some of them are real, but we know that DARPA was messing around with genetically modifying animals and pigeons Absolutely. was one of the animals that they were mixing in machine with biology and all these different things as this transhumanistic bird. So quite literally the pigeons, some pigeons are not real. Okay. Not all of them. Some of them are not real. And this was episode 1299 from the Joe Rogan podcast. I know some people are, oh, Rogan's is controlled up. The lady was kind of shady. Yes, she was kind of shady, but... She was bringing up some stuff 
that relates to the humanity because right I, I mentioned world war ii earlier and during the roswell incident that was supposedly the russians had Stalin. Uh, what has what no it's Stalin. yeah where you're talking about the ufo that they uh, was it Stalin? well yeah Stalin was it was in charge of, like he was the man of russia at the time and like that he had supposedly uh constructed a craft yes. and modified humans yes. to look like what they think of as aliens and that's i don't know how much truth there is to well, it but during that time there was a lot of weird experiments going on Sean right we're talking about nephilim and we're talking about aliens and all these different things so the idea that perhaps roswell because you have people like crowley who take or kenneth grant that says that crowley was responsible for the modern ufo age in 1947 right with lamb with lamb so now you have this other twist on the story of it was no it was actually the russians that constructed this vehicle they surgically modified humans to make them look like little alien greys and then crashed it but where were they taken they were taken to area 51 right so the interesting part is that in hey, you gotta stop doing that by the way i stop doing what oh, those, like <laughs> triple sixes over there i know what you're doing <laughs> sorry so so the the area 51 the interesting thing about of the number 51 in typhonian numerology 51 is the number of azazel and we know who azazel was right <laughs> see now you're, now you're speaking my language now because my thought process on roswell has always been that these grays, whatever they were, whether they were human, Nephilim hybrids, maybe they were mechanical completely, cold, you know, mechanical, or as I like to say, meat sacks for these Nephilim to come there. It was orchestrated. I think that it was absolutely orchestrated. I think they wanted to trick the governments into thinking that they were aliens. And I think that that was to bridge the gap between us and these fallen ones because I talk about how technology had a huge spike after Roswell and that we all know for a fact so yes I completely agree with it and it could be uh, it could be any of those things we just brought up as far as theorizing goes on how or what it was sure. that got there but as far as the gap and and the brokering between these fallen ones who I think the governments think are aliens these fallen ones and us brokering the steel behind the scenes. And now we've had this huge spike in technology and all of this transhumanism and everything else that's come down the pipe. And what you were talking about earlier, Juan, about Code Red and how it changes the makeup of what you are on the inside. And you say it all the time too, Sean, how it changes your DNA, how how that maybe maybe that double helix becomes a triple helix. You know what I mean? You, you know what I mean? You know what I well, mean? It also kind of falls into that Nikola Tesla 369 theory, right? Yeah. Five plus one is six. It puts it into that same sphere. And for sure, like, not only with the code red, but we saw before that. DARPA has been with nanotechnology trying different things. Like, there was videos way before where they were injecting soldiers with stuff that was tracking them and checking their heart rate, their their blood pressure. So keep that in uh, mind, Sean. getting sick. 
I'm going to bring some stuff up in relation to Superman or the Uber mensch, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's why I brought up Kenneth Grant in the Area 51 connection. Cause, and the reason it's 51 is because 51 is the number of Azazel, which is right the, the leader, was the leader of these beings, right? And Superman. Now, I'm going to bring up a book here that I can't show on camera. And Azazel was the one that actually taught weaponry. To humankind back yes. then too, so yes. he was all about war. He was a war god, so he was one of the two hundred um, that apparently got locked up by Uriel. Uh, we were talking about Tartarus earlier, so yeah, Azazel's known throughout history as being this particular uh, god of war. So he's he's definitely um, pushing any kind of of war agenda. So we have here. I have this book. I can't mention the name. But whoever wants to hit me up, I'll tell them the name of the book. I can't say it on air because there's people listening that like to harass other people. And I'm, I'm being serious when I say that. So synchronistically, I, you know, we're always developing ideas and constantly doing research. Sean and Joel can, can relate. We're always reading about different things. And especially the stuff that in the realm that we, that we like to talk about. So Joel likes the Nephilim. I'm about the homunculus and alchemy. And then Sean likes to look up what Sean likes to look up. So the idea, right? So we talked about Kenneth Grant and we have the 1947 Crowley connection. I came across this interesting concept. Now, I've always kidded around or joked around with, it's all about the anal birth of the homunculus. Okay. But cheeks are not tight. Cheeks not tight. But Joel, 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 you were talking about the Antichrist. Okay. This thing, this entity that's going to be birthed into this reality from unnatural means. Okay. So let's say that the, the anal birth of the homunculus is metaphorical. Okay. But we have Crowley. Aleister Crowley is recorded as having an intention to, through homosexual magic and alchemy, create a homunculus, another word for a golem, that would be born rectally from a male and whose birth would herald the start of a new era. He called the anus the eye of Horus and the vagina the mouth of Isis. And this is quote from Crowley. Oh, how superior is the eye of Horus to the mouth of Isis, the child of of such a love as a third person, a Holy Spirit, so to speak, partaking of both natures, yet boundless and impersonal, because it is a bodiless creation of a holy divine nature. That's interesting. So, in 1903, so, so Nietzsche was 19th century, this is 20th century, in 1903, George Bernard Shaw translated Ubermensch, which is the Superman, and the Superman to Nietzsche, which was hijacked, I think Nietzsche's very un- misunderstood, but the Ubermensch is supposed to be this, this man, right? And I'm going to read it here. The, this man that is a shift. It's supposed to, he's supposed to overcome, right, good and evil, right, because of nihilism, right? He's supposed to be this, this overman, this, this super being almost, right? And then the Nazis took that and they... They ran with it, right? Like they t- they took it and they understood it a whole other way, but 
1903, George Bernard Shaw translated German Ubermensch to highly evolved human being that transcends good and evil from thus spoke or thus spake Zarathustra from Nietzsche. The German word was first used in German by Hermann Rob in the 1520s and was also used by Herder and Goethe. It was English as Overman and Beyond Man before Shaw got into the modern version in his play titled Man and Superman. And we're talking about super soldiers. Well, Captain America is also around that. It came after Superman and they wanted to compete was Superman and Captain America, who's the main villain in that? The Nazis, right? So this idea of the super soldier program, they're already embedding it into this pantheon that is DC, Marvel, all these different comics which are, which are super occult and have super occult origins, right? There's even a Crowley in one of the latest uh, cartoons, I forget which DC, Marvel, whatever it is, there's an actual Aleister Crowley in, in those and they had a character in there. So... Yeah, that's in all the Constantine stuff. So yes. you're talking about yes. that uh, occult side of DC. Uh, Crowley shows up a lot in there, man. When you're talking about Zatanna and, yeah. uh, and her father. And what's really crazy, all of it's tied into like Anubis and all of these Egyptian gods and all of their powers. I mean, you think about even just Marvel, like Thor and Odin. And, mm -hmm. and all it's all tying into... Nephilim and superhumans with superpowers that I think that in old times existed right in front of your face, whereas now I think they're going to exist, but it's going to be in a more of a hidden role until there's a time where they need to release them. Uh, but you're right, this uh, this Ubermensch, which I've done some reading about too, it, it, it does tie into that. It's the same thing. It's the same concept of this human hybrid of what right that, that's yeah. the question you always have to ask what are they hy hybriding with to create the superpower that these humans now have and that's where i go to the nephilim because of them having those abilities that were superhuman so yeah, i do agree with you though i you're going the right place especially when you're talking about marvel and dc man i think that's part of that soft disclosure yes. to open our minds sigil and, magic and, yes like a grant okay. more Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, all those guys were th Thelemites. I mean, they, they you know, they're yep. in, into magic hardcore. And so this part here is wrong, but Crowley actually did write the gospel according to St. Bernard Shaw, Lieber 888, I believe it is. And it says here, he was the first to coin the English word Superman in English, which I don't know if maybe in English, but for a fact, it was Shaw that that did in, in 1903 which predates Crowley by a little bit because in 1916 he wrote Moonchild but this came from Aleister Crowley's novel Moonchild which is about creating a child with divine parentage through sexual magic regarding this process he had said the idea has been almost universal in one form or another the wish has always been for a messiah or superman and the method some attempt to produce man by artificial or at least abnormal means. So then he goes on to say, note that the word Superman contains all the letters of the word sperm in it. So again, almost like a nod and something we don't ever think about that, but that is there in the subconscious that they have the word Superman and sperm in one. 
and we've grown up with this shit since the very beginning. Okay. So we have in the moon child, I may conclude this little sketch by saying that the idea has almost been universal one form or another that the wish I just read that, but let me see here. The produce artificial Greek and Roman legend is full of stories. And this is from the moon child in which this mystery is thinly veiled. They seem mostly to derive from Asia Minor and Syria. Here, exogenic principles have been pushed to an amusing extreme. I need not remind you of the Persian formula for producing a, magi a magician or of the Egyptian routine and matter of the Pharaoh or the Mohammedan device for inaugurating the millennium. So, again, he's talking about that. And then let me look up here real quick where he says the homunculus too. He says he talks about the homunculus in this book, The Moonchild, which, you know, I hate to say this, but it's, it's actually a decent, decent book. <laughs> like, it's a it's a decent book. So I'm not going to read this. Part. I've already I've already talked about another podcast, but to link Baphomet into it in the secrets of the Ordo Templi Orientis article on parareligion.ch we read the name baphomet is used to signify the lion serpent or semen this is the blood of the phallus in which his life force is concentrated the phallus is the wonder tree in crowley's gnostic catholic mass and the semen is the sap that continues its existence from generation unto generation baphomet as the semen is also the holy ghost the continuity between father and the son and the one part of matter of the sacrament so uh, certainly the acolytes of Aleister Crowley are taught that the way to, uh, to creating a servitor, an artificial spirit created as a servant, is to make a sigil representing it and then bring it to life by applying fresh sperm to a physical representation of the image. So when you think of all these SoundCloud rappers that have all these face tattoos, right? They almost look like the golem, right? Like the like the like the golem that is animated by it having writing on its let me see here golem shit what were you saying about lions you were just mentioning something about that with crowley there a second ago oh uh, so he's talking about the baphomet is used to signify the lion serpent or semen so if you think of yeah the baoth which is right the demiurge the demiurge is always represented as this lion-headed serpent. Well, what if it's not that? What if it's insinuating sperm or a worm or something? Because if we look at the, right, you have Darwin. Darwin, from the Darwin theory, he was obsessed with worms. He studied worms for 39 years. And here is a, is a picture from 1882 where they have this drawing of man coming from a worm and uh, Darwin studied worms for 39 years and he quotes worm have played a more important part in the history of the world than most persons would at first suppose so again what did this guy know because <laughs> the, the theory of evolution comes from him <laughs> right yeah it made me think though you brought up the lions um this was man this is a nuts uh verse two in second samuel 23 20 um there's this guy called Benea. He's a son of a valiant man. He's one of the uh, mighty men of David. 
and it says that he he did many act, like valiant acts. He actually slew two lion-like men of Moab. And when you translate lion, it's Arari in Hebrew. It means literal lion. So these were chimeric lion men that he slew. This was back in like Goliath days when they were fighting Nephilim on the regular. So it just made me think about that aspect of these lion men. So what is it about this lion DNA connected with men mm-hmm. um, that constantly comes up, even in comic books. You see that a lot in comic books too. You yeah. see that a lot in any of the chimeric stuff. Uh, you know, Thundercats. Egypt, man. I was just yeah, thinking Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Thunder right. So <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that is true. And then what about like going back to where you were talking about the flood and getting rid of the Nephilim? Maybe the worms have something to do with like we don't know what it deteriorates to, and when mm-hmm. uh, a Nephilim resurrects, like depending on how the formulation of a Nephilim, whether it be from a fallen angel actually conceiving or this making them like homunculus, maybe when they're wiped out, they, their DNA is on these worms or maybe the worms ate uh, the, the flesh and they have that DNA within them. And then now you know you can use that to extract some of the DNA mm-hmm. with the other things you're mixing with it to create a homunculus Nephilim. Like in Aliens, the movie Aliens, that yeah. black, the black goo. Maybe that's what the black yep. goo is. Yeah, right? we see this black goo everywhere. Well, I mean, whatever. That's what that is. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, you're on to something. All right, Joe. I know. Goo. Give me a shout out, bro. You're on. Shout out to Juan talking about black goo. <laughs> you're on to something because think about how many movies, comic books that black goo has something. Think about Venom. He's a black goo symbiote. Does what enhances a normal human being to give him superpowers. So the symbiotes come from a planet, they're aliens, they're all over the universe, and they come and they connect with whatever sentient beings they do. And what do they need? Like you say, them. they need a meat suit, they right? need those cheeks. Like you always is what say, they like need. they need they need a vessel, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Symbiote sees Sean. He knows, like, hey, we ain't going in the front door. That's why I just eat Taco Bell every night, man. They don't mess Yo, with so, me. So, so, uh, all right. So we got Superman. We have the Super Soldiers. We have all that. We have Captain America. We have uh, an interesting one that I, that we can connect to. This is the men who stare at goats, right? The government trying to make these soldiers have extracurricular powers etc etc but they made a movie about it it's funny because the men who stare at goats right but behind that there's an actual underlying story you have the world to to, to give you a little Clooney is a big spook man like uh yeah you gotta know that like you see him around all the time like he'll be talking about certain wars I think he even came out talk about this whole Ukraine war so he's an interesting person too to play this role because you know that he had firsthand mm. knowledge for a lot of this stuff. That's why I think interesting. it was interesting. And he was he he wasn't in Saving Private Ryan, right? Was he? No, right? Oh, no, it, it doesn't so. matter. Anyways, you have the World Economic Forum talking about biohybrid robotics built from living tissues. And there's this whole five-minute video where they're talking about fusing, again, this transhumanistic agenda. You have Elon and Neuralink. But I want to take it a step further and talk about a little bit about the movie he Avatar. Is in, he is in Saving Private Ryan. He is? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Damn, see, I could have swore I saw him in that movie because that movie's iconic. He's but, like a he's a cameo, but yeah. The, interesting. In yeah. 
So the idea of the movie Avatar being, again, these sort of vessels. And shout out to the guys from the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. They put me on this thing. So Avatar, right, we have the actor, which is Sam Worthington. It's weird because he did Avatar in 2009. And then in 2018, he did this other movie called The Titan. And that movie was about him being, again, being put in this government program to become this human hybrid to be able to live on, I think, the moon of Titan. Uh, and they were trying to be created into what they called the name of the Homo Titanians, I think is what it was. So the she finds reports of autopsies of numerous deceased test subjects discovering that they were having their DNA infused with animal DNA in an attempt to create the next human species. Hmm, sounds familiar. But the avatars are blue. And there is the blue-skinned demons, monsters, and gods of the of the Etrus- of the Etruscans, and it's a tomb in the necropolis of Mentrosi near Tacchinia, Italy, and it's a depiction of these blue entities that are almost let me pull it up here that are almost avatar-like or maybe mm. nephilim-like. Who knows, right? So. I- seen those before and man they do remind me of nephilim a lot because they're big but they definitely i think that was a james cameron you know oh you think in real life <laughs> wait he's wait like i'm gonna make this movie after what i oh I okay yeah no no 100 percent. yeah because again they take these concepts and they apply them to their movies Right, Probably so, what he's seen in those submarines when he goes down. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, exactly. The Tomb of the Blue Demons. Right, so we have that there. And I find it interesting because the whole concept of the, the Avatar movie is these vessels, right? You put your consciousness into this vessel. And then you have the Jurassic Park movie, right, on the whole topic of cinemagicians. The U.S. military is hacking insects with virus dna raising fears of dangerous new bioweapons and if i recall correctly this is from 2018 but darpa i recall correctly that was the concept of the jurassic park movie where the locusts or whatever it was like this grasshopper goes out of control because they were trying to have them take on their crop right and the people wanted to adopt their crop so there were somebody released one of these killer locusts or whatever it was into the into the 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 biosphere or whatever you want to call it and again the, the, again these are movies but they have or more recent it. with uh sweet tooth the netflix series I haven't about seen it. Hi, about hybrid animals and the the way they get about these hybrid animals come about is from a virus that is birthed inside of a genetically modified chicken egg. And then what happens is that uh, it starts spawning off people to have these, uh, um, you know, the one kid grows antlers. So they're half human, half some kind of animal. Now that kind of, and it was also interesting because at the time that it came out, it was before the whole code red situation, but people were wearing masks. People were talking about the pandemic. People were talking about these things that were in the sphere and they recorded it before because it was released during. So there's no way that they could have been doing that. So it's very interesting because then everybody was forced to do a couple things, take some stuff that they may not have wanted to take. 
and who cannot or will not do something that like you know someone growing a tail or you know what i mean like what is in there because everybody thinks of just nanobots but if there's other dna or they're trying to find a vessel because if we take something like a worm or whatever has the dna of a nephilim and then you try to mix it with these poisonous things that people are forced to take that that's how you get the vessel for these demonic entities or nephilim whatever we want to like call it so you have that vessel and slowly it takes over also sweet tooth mm-hmm. was a comic book uh quite a bit before the series came out so this concept they were already putting in the sphere long before what you're talking about sean so yeah it, it's funny they were they already knew like <laughs> they already put it out there long before uh it dropped so yeah i i've actually got a couple of really cool stories that will tie into this nephilim hybrid situation and how it's moving um i've got one about buzz aldrin that i ran across that i thought was really interesting i don't know if you guys remember back in like 2016 he posted like this like ominous tweet and he was like we're all in danger it it is evil itself and everybody was like oh buzz is losing his skull cap Mm -hmm. you know he's old or whatever but he was actually at an undisclosed location in antarctica he actually was this is a proven fact he was there with bill clinton prince harry from the royal family john Kerry, who is really big at pushing all the climate change stuff right now it has been forever but they were down there around the time that this large pyramid i know you guys remember when this pyramid was found down in antarctica they found this pyramid and Here's what I've been reading from some guys that are talking about that incident that when Buzz tweeted that out, and I'm sure it was manufactured, but the reason why it was put out in the sphere, again, it's, it's all part of tricking the mind, it's all part of getting you ready, is because when they're down there, these pyramids, they found Nephilim, whether they were Nephilim bodies or they were Nephilim for real they found them and this is part of them getting this dna to connect with humans and create hybrids so part of them going down there is to either meet with these entities to get this part of the agenda i think this is a huge part of the agenda guys i think that to get us to the time of noah again to get us there they have to corrupt Mm -hmm. The Yeshuan bloodline, they have to corrupt the actual human bloodline. They have to do that. They have to get us all to that point of accepting it, willingly accepting it, whether by means of protecting us from something or by giving us some sort of energy or power or whatever else out of it. Because everybody wants to be a god, right? That's our biggest downfall as humans. We've always strove to be godlike. We want to be not like Christ, but we want to be a god. Powers, yeah, like yeah. yeah not me though, man. I'm good on all that. Man, it's that's very Luciferian. I just want to have some nice cheeks. All... I got a guy for that, man. He, <laughs> he he takes care of me. I don't need that extra. But it's funny that you said that because I was looking it up while you were while you're speaking, and it seems like the media spun it a little differently, and they were saying out of oxygen, he he needed yep. to be evacuated. And uh, then he was uh, recovering New Zealand. And then his whole story kind of like they just really pushed on that. Like he he started getting really sick because he's old and the oxygen levels and this and that. And then 
So almost as if an hallucination. And yeah. you're going to Antarctica, the place that none of us know much about. Right. Well, and we no, know no, that no, no, it's an no. ice wall, Sean. It's an ice wall. No. It doesn't exist. Okay. Listen, everyone watching right Listen. now knows they know everything, and they're going to tell us they're going to correct a us. Series of yeah. books that they're going to write right now while I'm talking. Yeah. They're already typing it up. You know that meme with like uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey yeah. where he's like, <laughs> "This is all I see with people that listen to us when we're talking. They're just like typing like fast <laughs> as they can, like writing like a, a million characters." That, by the way, guys, we never read. Yeah, <laughs> like... I don't read that shit, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo, so you're touching on something because I know we've talked about a lot of things on this episode. And the idea of, so Antarctica, right? Uh, if it is an ice wall or not, I'm not, not going to get into that. But H.P. Lovecraft predicted the discovery of Pluto but it was three three to five years before it was actually discovered. And the reason that he had discovered it or, or talked about it, well, and this is this is history. You can look this up if you want to believe history or whatever. But he had seen it in, in, in a vision of some sort. He had, he had predicted, prophesied that Pluto was a planet before they found it. Okay. And there's actually a mountain on Pluto named after Cthulhu, H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu. Okay. But... You could say that Lovecraft was in touch with these great old ones. Well, that to me would be another name for these Nephilim entities that are trying to incarnate themselves in this in this realm. Mind you that the the Typhonian OTO, they take the Cthulhu mythos and they quite literally worship them as gods. Okay, so we have this weird connection there. But in the Mountains of Madness, it's sort of it's a story that allegedly takes place in Antarctica underground in Antarctica. So, and, and the reason I'm connecting this is because he was being contacted by entities in his dream that were telling him to write these books and these stories. So that's a way of them manifesting into this reality, but he was also being shown visions of places on earth that he had never visited. And he's seeing it in these visions. He's predicting Pluto. What if the story of the mountains of madness was based on something of factual right that it was it wasn't just a story it was a vision that he was having and he wrote about it and boom you have right buzz aldrin who he was super cuckoo towards the end of his life is he still alive he's, he's gone right i'm not sure boy that's a good question right there <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Boy, buzz, I th all out there <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Oh, he's, he's still alive, bro. He's 93. That dude's still kicking, still kicking. bro. <laughs> hey, he Stop, got man. some of that Nephilim juice. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so so the, the idea that maybe perhaps he saw something that H.P. Lovecraft was prophesizing about because you have Kenneth Grant who talks about Lovecraft as being this great prophet this great alchemist, this great occultist. But then when, when they had actually asked Lovecraft, he was like, nah, I don't really believe in all that stuff. But yet you're writing about grimoires and you're writing about entities and you're writing about demonology and occultism and all this stuff. But you're yet you don't believe in it, bro. You know, you like, ever notice that a lot of these big occultists throughout history are really good fiction writers, really good fictional writers I think that they do that. Okay, L. Ron Hubbard. To, 
high. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. He was a comic book writer for God's sake. He did it all. Uh, all these guys did. Right. And they, they, but that was why they did it because it's easy to hide the truth yes. behind fiction because you can always have plausible deniability when you do that. Yep. So you can always say, nah, it's just like you said, no, nah, man, I don't love Christ. Like, I don't believe that. Stuff, I don't man. believe it's in that shit. Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just fiction. And that's, and that's kind of what they do. Um, even now, I mean, think about what, what all the fiction that they give us in the media constantly. Um, you know, when I say media, I'm not talking about the news. I'm talking about media as in things you watch on Netflix or things you read. Um, we see it all the time. It, it's definitely layers of truth. That's kind of those realities are even more real than our reality. Cause Absolutely. people bro, Harry Potter is more real than Joel. Harry Potter is more real than Sean. Harry Potter is its own mythology mythos religion like there's jediist bro there's jediism where people who <laughs> there's yeah. a whole religion no, of the jedi i've seen it it's crazy no there was for even sure. a movie I, I don't remember what it was called but before 9 11 there was a i'm movie. sure the comment on the comments don't <laughs> know yeah <laughs> it, it, it crashed into a building like literally like a couple yeah. years before the whole incident went down so i think it's like preparing or what we always say, like asking permission somewhat, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, we're saying this is going to happen. It's not my fault. You didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I got one last story for you guys. I've been saving. This no. is a really good one that I, I ran across. I uh, Steve Quayle, um, <laughs> who, <laughs> who has a lot of people that he's connected to that are in some of these three letter agencies. And Sean and I have actually had a long conversation about this on our show about how that we think that not only how three letters will infiltrate people, we think that there's people on this side of good side of helping that also infiltrate these other agencies to find out what they're doing as well. I, I think people forget about that. I think people forget that people are also very intelligent on this antithesis of this globalization this new world order. There is another side to it. They're just as secretive, though. They're just as quiet and moving because they know they have to be to be able to combat this thing. And one of the stories that came out from multiple sources, which is this is man, this is wild right here. Um, this happened in, in Dolce, New Mexico, and apparently a group of scientists had entered a cave where giants were being held in a state of suspended animation. And they had been this way for decades. So the military, shadow government, all of them were trying to glean the understanding of this technology. So there was a red line that there was painted on the cave floor. So they, they said, past this point, you don't need to go past it. They wouldn't even tell the scientists why. So the scientists are doing all this work from behind this like red line. So again, this is back to what are they trying to glean? from these giants or these Nephilim? Like, what are they trying to connect to us as human beings? But, so they said, apparently, cerebral activity, we were talking about how they've got different powers, like this, like telepathy and, and, and telekinesis and some of these other things. They said the creature's brains could cause a human who was standing too close to them to come apart at the seams. So, check this out. One of the scientists, as scientists do, are like, well, I'm going to go past the line, man. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's figure it out. One of them, one of the giants came out of stasis and killed like 13 scientists all at once. 
and the reports after it are just like black just went dead so this is just one story however true or not i think it's very interesting because there was multiple sources that came out with it within the government that had seen this or new people that were part of it that there are around the world these type of testings going on there's stuff going on with nephilim behind the scenes whether it's in antarctica whether it's you know in dolce new mexico wherever it's happening and i thought that story was interesting enough as i was digging around about nephilim and human dna splicing that this is kind of what they're doing right but they still don't know exactly what they're doing with it. at least some of them don't they don't have a clue yet so I've been on about that, bro, like years ago. So, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I definitely think that there's something up with all the stuff that they've been putting out that are they're making people take. I know there is a a new thing that's come out where they're going to be implementing masks again, and they're going to be they're they're talking about a new strain and all these different things. So I don't know. If people are going to buy into it, I'm sure they're going to pull something. And I believe it's, again, to further along this pollution of the bloodline. Even if yes. I think that they're still hard at work and they're still super pissed off about what happened all those years ago. And they're continuing it now. And, and they found ways to easily manipulate us. Like, look how easily we're fighting again. And like, it's. The same thing over and over. For a while, it mm -hmm. died down. It's just ramped back up. And the same thing on what you're talking about. People are in panic, and then other people are like, we're not going to do it. You know, we're not going to do like We're not going to take it. <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> in, in this zone. And I think that's that constant. What they want us is fighting amongst each other, whether the working class in general of human beings is on a scale of not just governments, but bloodlines and fallen angels to get us always constantly fighting with each other that's why we have so mm -hmm. much war so much like disputes over small little things because we will never harness our powers i believe because unless more of us are connected because it leaves us lost because even though sometimes you can find like you know spiritual awakening and feel like i could be more powerful but it's like you're limited because that source of energy is another human being and with that hundred monkey theory that I say a lot, but I, I really believe in it. And I think that the more people that not just believe in it, that actually this is their thought process. This is what is, then it does change the narrative. And I think they're trying to change the narrative back and to have people in fear. And when you're constantly in fear, that's when they can control all kinds of stuff. And they put this in the sphere. I've done a couple uh, shows where I've, they were talking about disease X, the world economic forum has a mm. podcast and they yep. actually specifically <laughs> talk about disease X and there's not it's nothing it's it's a mysterious like what's next you know what i mean instead yeah. of they can't say specifically but it's this constant fear that could keeps people in control no matter who is in control and i think there's tears to it you got government then you got bloodlines and you got fallen angels and it's all connected it's all within that same sphere but it depends on how you see it like maybe you can only see the the part of the government that's fine with me or the bloodlines or the phone. It doesn't matter if you have all of it, but at least if you know that there's other people that are trying to forcefully get us into these uh, battles within each other. And that's what they're doing. They're attacking. And I think they're trying to really destroy the human beings in general. So if mm. you make them trans humanism, 
uh, you make them half robot or half liger or whatever you want to <laughs> mix them with. Identify as <laughs> homunculus, no, bro. Like Joel said, <laughs> that really kills the the the, the bloodline of, mm-hmm. of Jeshua. That that's it. They're trying to extinguish it the best way they can, and the only way they can do that because they can't wipe us out with the flood. Most everything they use is deception. They can't physically necessarily harm us without like some kind of vessel, like some kind of human vessel or like godly vessel that was created by God to try to hijack that. That's their only weapon. So that that's why we have to be manipulated into falling into these traps because then we're like, oh, well, we need this special formula that's going to fix us and protect us from this evil uh, mystery virus that nobody knows about mm-hmm. when in reality it's altering a lot of our DNA. And there's a lot of proof of that. And there's even like a lot, they said that the scales of cancer has gone up. The, the Not just myocarditis, but different diseases have formed from that. And I think that's because you're now changing your DNA. And what happens with all these babies down the line, right? Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to happen now, but when we see people procreating more, maybe that's where we get into this whole sweet tooth scenario I was talking about that Oh no! I got a half deer, half boy. <laughs> yeah, that that I couldn't have worded it better myself. I mean, I, I probably could have, but you know. Anyways, I, so the <laughs> they got it. You guys want to add anything else before we get out of here? Any? I know Sean. I, I one thing, one thing. I just want to say, put your keyboards down, flat earthers. We love you. We all agree that the government's lying to us. We can all agree on that. And, and I that's think a start. Behind that, behind that wall, we're all good. Whether it's an <laughs> ice wall or not, I don't know. Well, there's these like nuts. On the <laughs> I just noticed, though, that when Juan, when you were talking about those Nephilim cheeks earlier, Juan was just kidding. <laughs> Listen, little- fuckhead. What the fuck's your problem? Stop pushing your shit. You get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass. Those are fucking fighting words. Excuse me. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, there's going to be some tight, che- well, tight cheeks, loose cheeks, whatever. I-, I don't even know which is good for you anymore, dude, because if, if they're too loose, entities will slip right in. If they're too tight, then you can't be open minded. <laughs> So uh, have a, a lukewarm tightness. I don't know, five out of ten. Keep a slight a, clinch. A slight, slight clinch. clinch, just enough. If you feel danger coming, tighten it up. If, but you need to relax as you are. Relax the anus as you're listening to this podcast. Right? So you can take the information in better. But, yeah, any, and you guys want to plug anything anything before we leave? Just killthemockingbirds.com. You can find all our podcasts there. We have a disinformation section that uh joel's constantly updating we got our music on there and uh for sure go to the site homepage and try to get some tickets for 40 and airways which is october 6th 7th and 8th uh me and joel and with a bunch of other podcasters will be live doing a once in a lifetime never again episode that you could only see if you're there live and nice go to the site you can get the new Nephilim Portal Baby shirts. We got Nephilim shirts for you guys that you can walk around and show people how tight your cheeks are. <laughs> and the Shape of Shadows is out too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Shape of Shadows really great. is out. You can go. I know Sean and Juan both saw it uh, opening night. You can go to theshapeofshadows.com and purchase access to it. 
for the next week and a half. After that, they're going to pull it, and it will be on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Tubi, all the good streaming stuff, and you can get it there. So, But for now, you can go to... So by the time this is out, it's probably not going to be... <laughs> You'll be close. You can yeah. try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, tjojp.com, at the one on podcast, on all social media platforms. And, yeah, I'll catch you guys on the... On the next one, I can't wait to read the comments on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Do the wave, boys. Do the wave. No, I got to do it light. Just another carcass on another carcass They just say it's harmless